The views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute legal advice. A podcast is not a substitute for retaining a competent, licensed attorney to advise you on your specific legal situation. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. Our guest this week is a music industry executive who specializes in developing independent artists. He has helped break bands such as Plain White Tees, Neon Trees, Jimmy Eat World, Less Than Jake, and others. He is currently offering consulting services and other educational resources for musicians, and you can find out more about his work by visiting www.lauren.com. Israel.com. We are happy to welcome Lauren Israel to the Break the Business podcast. Hello, sir. Hi, Ryan. I'm doing Ryan. So How are well, you? Man, when I read off just the list of bands that you broke, you were just awakening my childhood. Basically, I feel like you are the primary driver of all the music I've loved from like 1998 to 2012 and beyond. And, and that, and I, and I just want to say thank you, frankly. Uh, and I want to say you're right and you're welcome. <laughs> well, so, I mean, that's an incredible journey and what an amazing roster of artists for you to have played a role in their success. I'm curious, how did you get started in the music business? Started out as a musician, playing in bands, touring. I got a record deal, got a publishing deal. That fell through. I tried to go back to college. That was terribly difficult for me because what I was continuing to do is I was continuing to go out to see shows, go out to see bands. I was doing a lot of, I was promoting clubs. Essentially, Ryan, I could not shake the music (laughs) disease. It's disease. It's like herpes or diabetes. It is a terrible disease. So what happened was I got up, I, uh, one of the, um, fancy uh, music executive saw me out at these clubs all the time. And uh, he asked me, so you're out here a lot. Have you seen any good bands? And I said, yeah, this one, this one, whatever. And so one of those bands became super duper huge. And, um, and he, he wouldn't leave me alone. Like he was constantly calling me and asking me and all sorts of things. And I, I finally tried to say, like, what is it that you do every day? And he said, well, I wake up at about 11. I go in the office. I listen to music, take phone calls. I, I write people back, take meetings, listen to music, right? And then I go home and then I go out to see shows. I'm like, that's what I want to do. Um, and I, it took me nine months, Ryan, to, to get an internship at Capitol Records nine months of begging and pleading. And then I did an internship for about three years um, at Capitol, got through school. But when I started my internship, I said, wow, this is something I really want to do. And I started to produce unsigned bands because I thought that understanding A&R, which is A, the artist or the voice, our repertoire songs, I'd be best able to communicate that as a record producer. So that's when I started producing emerging talent. Wow. So I'm curious because when I see this uh, this roster of bands that you broke, and you know h- how you sort of helped drive the success of all these different groups, 
where do you say that your talent lied in the most? Was it that you were able to look at a band when they're starting up and you know that they they are have the potential to be successful? Or is your talent more in getting a band and knowing how to develop them and make them successful? You know, Ryan, very, very good question. And I'm going to have to answer it like this. I can help anyone who A, wants to help, B, who actually wants to be excellent, and three, who I believe I can actually make strides in. In other words, I have to know that I can help them. Now, hear me out. What I do is teach discipline, excellence, and productivity. By discipline, I mean you have to understand that there is a certain level of discipline that every successful songwriter and artist have, period. That is an absolute. Secondly, all of these artists have a desire to make it productive in a way that they want to actually sell records, sell streams, uh, do shows, play, tour, and make a living. And three, most importantly, they want to be excellent at it. So I can, honestly, I'm not trying to brag, I can do that with anybody who wants it. The caveat there to predicate that Saying you want it is different than actually wanting it. I take for take for example an Olympic athlete. An Olympic athlete is just someone who's been, you know, a talent, super talent, but has to be trained for decades. You've got to find people who actually can help you. Find a local producer who can actually shepherd you or mentor you. And that's what I've been doing for the last 20 years. So is that the common thread? for bands like Plain White Tees and Less Than Jake and Neon Trees? Because those are very different bands in terms of their sound, but is the reason why you were able to kind of make all these different, very different groups successful is because they had that common thread of wanting it and being willing to have the discipline to put in the work to get it done? Taught them the discipline. Mm. I taught them the discipline and about being prolific and about you must be prolific. Okay. The discipline is very important because if you look at things haphazardly, you'll never get there. You have to be disciplined. Um, They had a desire to be disciplined and that discipline I teach, you can actually duplicate your success because the truth of the matter is they've all duplicated their success. All these bands had more than one number one song. All of them. Yeah. So, man, I, I, it, it's it's interesting to hear that, how, how you're saying you, you taught these groups to be disciplined. I, I've often heard a lot of music industry consultants talk about just having this, quote, hustle gene, where as an, an artist, if you're working with them, they either have that desire to hustle or they don't, and it can't be taught. Are, are you taking a different view on that, that you can actually teach hustle to your clients? If my clients actually do the work, they will be successful because it, because the truth of the matter is 
there are a lot of people who are not very innately talented, who don't have a, you think Tom Higginson, who's a genius, who's one of the most incredible, sincere individuals I've ever met. I mean, is he, is he Barbara Streisand? Is he like, is he a huge, does he have a huge voice? No, he just had a desire to be excellent, a willingness to be prolific. And I taught him the discipline so he can actually duplicate it. So to answer your question, certainly it's, it's certainly in any endeavor, whether yeah. you're a lawyer, correct? Okay. You had to go to law school. My wife's a lawyer. I know what that is. You had to pass the bar. And if you you're practicing law. It's a practice. Why do they call it a practice? Because you have to do it over and over and over it again. It almost sounds to me like you're saying that that hard work, that discipline, that desire is more important to breaking an artist than them just being talented. Am I oversimplifying it there? Bingo. Wow. Bingo. 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 Okay. You know a lot of lawyers, right? I'm sure. Uh, some lawyers are smarter than others. The ones who are smart, who don't do the work, are probably not that great lawyers. But the ones who may not be geniuses, who, who are really, really interested in their craft, who have the desire, who have the, 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 um, the willingness to actually dive in deep and do the work, who are actually disciplined, are usually better practicing lawyers. Oh, without a doubt. True or false, And cer certainly the ones that are... Uh the most respected in their profession. Yeah. Why do we think it's, why do we think it's any different yeah. with music? It's, it's a fantasy. I create the reality. Now, let me predicate that. The truth of the matter is most people don't have the desire to be that disciplined. That's the real truth. It's not because they're not talented. It's not because they're untalented or whatever. It's because they don't really want to put the That's, time in. And, it really is that kind of commitment. An another adjective that I heard you say earlier is in terms of the things that an artist needs to have to be successful is they need to be prolific. Uh, what do you mean by prolific and prolific in terms of the creation of content and creating a lot of it prolific in getting out there and playing shows? What sort of prolificness are you looking for in a successful client? I'm going to be totally this is this is this is the easiest thing to say. If you are writing at least one or two full songs a week, that's what's necessary to, to a be week? prolific. Wow. What is that hard <laughs> or easy? I mean, when I think about sort of the old music industry model of bands putting out one album of 12 songs a year or every two years, a song a week does sound like it would require a lot of hard work and discipline, but you're saying that's what's needed? Okay, Ryan, when that model, when that model was truly a model, right? So let's let's take let's take one of the greatest records of all time. Let's take Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers first mm -hmm. record. Not songs on that record. How many how many songs do you think Tom Petty wrote to get to those eight or nine oh, so songs? You're saying there was there would there would have been a lot of songs on the cutting room floor. Yeah. That's my point. Come on, dude. <laughs> You write more songs, you get better. You you write more discipline, you get better. And if you're lucky, you hire someone like me, find someone like me to help you along the way. You had a in law school, you had a you had professors. 
when you got out of law school and you started practicing, I assume you didn't put your shingle up right away. You were at a law firm and you kind of used the 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 um, the senior partners as help. Mentoring True is or critical false. in my line of work. Absolutely. Okay. Why do we think it's any different yeah. in music? And I'm glad that you brought that point up about you know creating a lot. We. I've had other guests on the program talk about this notion of hyper creation that we we talk about on this podcast and how this idea that people say, well, if you're creating works every week or every month or every day, even doesn't that sort of limit your creativity because you're just churning out a lot of work. And what most of these hyper creators will say is I am creative because I create so much because creativity is a muscle. The more, the more I create, the more creative I become. And so it sounds like, you know, you're kind of echoing a lot of that same sentiment. Life sucks. It's hard. And if you're doing more, if you're doing more, you're getting better at it, period. I mean, again, let's look at reality. Let's look at reality. I start with one push up, uh, one pull up. Okay, tomorrow I do one and one tenth of a pull up. In a month, maybe I do two pull ups. In three months, maybe I do four pull ups. Come on, guys. Let's get to reality. The more you do, the Since better. Since you were talking you get. earlier about you know, Tom Petty's first album and kind of the old music industry models. I'm going to ask you a question that I love asking the longtime veterans of the business who have a sense of perspective about all of these things. Can you give us some just general thoughts on how you see how the industry has changed between, say, 20 years ago and today? Smaller. It's gotten a lot smaller. There are much, much, much fewer people in the music business that shouldn't shouldn't be there in other words the people that shouldn't have been in the music business for a lot of reasons are not in the music business because there is no money in it okay so you've got a lot of people in the music business who are truly good so that's a very good thing the second thing is there are very few gatekeepers now the truth of the matter is if i have a great song i can put it on the dsps i can do a cool video I can use Google ads in a very effective way to drive people to that video. I can take the content from that video and I can put it on all my social media and that, and then that all that circle from the song to the video to the content on the social media drives the algorithms to Spotify. So the more I do that, that circle, the bigger I become, the more fans I have. Now, when I do get a fan, it's up to me. It's kind of like when they come into my um, to my flower store. Hey, you cu- you've come into my flower store. If I sat if I sat there and I was and I didn't care about that guy coming into the flower store, he wouldn't come back. Hey, come on into the flower store. Thank you very much for coming to the flower store. May I help you? Here's here's some flower. Come on, guys. And you know, and particularly in this industry. Those kind of deeper relationships with your fans are more critical than ever. We're not in the industry anymore of just, you know, your only relationship with your fan is getting a million people to buy your one album. It's, you know, it's all about fewer fans who have a deeper relationship with you. You you hear about this proverbial a thousand people willing to spend a hundred dollars on you every year. I mean, that's that's where it's going. So, I mean, to your credit, yeah, when when you get those fans that come into your proverbial flower shop, you have to be ready to 
have a deeper relationship with them and not just sit there at the cash register until they show up with the flour to buy. Perfect. That's exactly so Would you say correct, that sir. is sort of the biggest mistake that you're seeing today's artists make is not seeing fans as somebody to engage in a deeper relationship? Is is there a bigger sort of common mistake you see a lot of these young artists make in adapting to this new music industry? Um, well, I deal with artists who um, a lot a lot of the emerging artists that I work with are really um, involved in their careers. So um, perhaps my my vision is a bit skewed, but as a rule, as a rule, I, I just look at it like anything. Most people mm. are freaking lazy. That's just the truth. And I'm sure most excuse me, most artists are just lazy. And if you're lazy, you're never going to be successful at music. You're never going to be a successful lawyer. You won't be a successful architect. You won't be a successful plumber. Don't be lazy and you'll be a better oh, artist. Man, I love I love the hard truths in all of this. I think we we need more hard truths on and on for these musicians out there and I think that's why they come on this show because they know they can hear from people like you that are going to lay it out for them that have the pro, uh, benefit of that experience and can show them the way. So in that regard, for the artists listening out there who love the hard truths that you're providing, who want to benefit from your experience, can you tell them about some of the consulting services you're providing right now? Um, I, I do everything, you know, I produce songs, I, I mix songs. I, um, I, I, frankly, I just had a number one song, um, that I executive produced by a band called the unlikely candidates in March, number one song called Novocaine. Um, I mean, dude, just contact me, you know, and, um, I can help if, if you want the help, if I believe I can help you. And you can find out more about our guest's work by visiting www.laurenisrael.com. That's L O R E N I S R A E L. And you better believe we're going to put that link in the show description as well. Lauren, this has been awesome. I, I feel so much smarter after talking to you before we let you go. One last question. Do you have any last tips to share with the indie artist listeners out there to help them move their careers forward? Find somebody that can help you with your career. Remember, an Olympic athlete doesn't do it on his own. A famous basketball star doesn't do it on his own. A lawyer, God bless you, Ryan, doesn't do it on his own. A doctor doesn't do it on his own. Find somebody and encourage them to help you. If it doesn't need to be a burrito, it doesn't need to be a billion, a billion dollars. It could be like, Hey, can I take you out to lunch? But listen to somebody that is better than you and do whatever they say. Dismount to end on the importance of mentorship. I love it. Lauren Israel, everybody, Lauren, thank you so much for joining us this week. And thank you all for listening to the break the business podcast.